0: Hi mom. Hi honey. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: <laughs> I'm okay. This is a tumultuous time for everyone, but uh, oh my since goodness. there's nothing actually going on in our country and it's all just our personal problems.
1: Yes, um, absolutely. I
0: thought it was a good time to chat. So what's going on? Yeah. Now?
1: Well, um not much. I <laughs> I have a rant. Are you ready for my rant? Do we have time for okay. a rant?
0: I guess. Are we ready? I guess. Are we
1: ready, everybody? Let's go, kids. Okay. I have some uninvited house guests. We'll call them mice.
0: Oh, okay. you have mice in your house. I,
1: I have mice in the house. So okay.
0: mm.
1: here's my rant. Okay. I go to the store, I buy mouse traps. I get the mouse traps. I hear peanut butter is the best thing to put on the mousetrap. So I put the peanut butter on the mousetrap. Mm-hmm. I put the mouse trap up. I go the next day to check on the mousetrap. Peanut butter's gone. Mousetrap is not set. I mean, <laughs> mousetrap is still set. Okay. Here's my problem with that. That stupid thing snapped on my fingers four or five times mm-hmm. before I could get it set up for the mouse to take it. Yet the mouse can get the peanut butter off of the mousetrap... And not get snapped. So, so it's a Mindy trap. It's not a mouse trap. Okay. So here's what happens. <laughs> I set out five of them. I I have bloody fingers. I set them all out. Whatever. The mouse oh gosh, you know, mom. <laughs> takes the mouse takes the peanut butter. So I mean, and mind you, it was, you know, I mean, I had a mouse, they were in little corners behind the dog food and all of that. So I put it back, you know, you hide little mouse traps back in the corner behind the closet in the, you know, whatever. So it's fine, whatever. No. So now the mouse knows it can get my peanut butter without snapping and it, it's cocky. I mean, this thing's getting cocky. So instead mm-hmm. of just having little mouse gastronominal gastron- intestinal gifts in- secluded corners. Gross. This thing is acting like Angelina Ballerina on my countertops. <laughs> I mean I go to bed and it's dancing back and forth on my countertops and leaving me little gifts. So I put up more mouse traps. I put up more so a friend of mine tells me take caramel wrap caramel around it. Oh that's interesting. Then it's harder for the mouse to get it. So of course, we all know how many times I snap my fingers, getting the caramel on there, uh-huh. and uh-huh. it gets the caramel off without setting off the trap. I mean, this is a these guys are organized. Organized,
0: mom. Mom, yes. you re, you do remember the 1997 film Mouse Hunt, correct?
1: Oh, I'm living it. Oh, I'm living it. <laughs> and with with the treasure that is Nathan Lane, I'm living it. And I've seen these guys. I mean, I, I've even seen them. I mean, they like, wave, you know, and, and so, so I bring an exterminator out.
0: And he's Christopher Walken, of course. And,
1: well, he, God love him. I mean, actually he walked, he walked into my house and said, look, I can charge $125 and set these traps up because I'm not going to do poison because they get up in the walls and they die and then they stink. And I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do those, oh, those tacky things. Let me tell
0: you about stinky dead mice. Yes.
1: I Yes. I remember. Um, uh, my coat still smells, um, when I visited, no, I'm kidding. Anyway, <laughs> so, or I can put the tacky strips, but do you know, you have dogs and it's very hard to get those things off the dog box. So I can charge $125 and set these traps up, or I can sell you five for 10 bucks. I said, done. He said, but what I want to do is I want to go around and look and see where they're getting in. Okay, I live in a house that's over a hundred years old. By now, these guys have keys and the alarm code. I mean, you know, there are more entrances to my home for a mouse than I can count. <laughs> so, so he gave me these new mouse traps that, God love them, they don't, you know, I will have 10 digits when this is over. Um, and of course, he told me to put chocolate on there, but they don't like the chocolate. So. Anyway, that's my rant. My rant is I have a group of organized mice that they're getting the The best of me. Organizing, Mrs. Creedy. Yes. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. So that's how my day's going. How about yours? Well, um, it's a proverbial cat
0: and mouse game here in our fine nation.
1: Oh, gosh. I'm so tired of it.
0: I know. I'm just tired of it because I want it to be over so that Facebook stops being like, hey, can you
1: vote? Can you vote? Can you vote? Hey, Did you vote? You Did you vote? <laughs> go vote. Go vote. You know, the thing is, here's, here's okay, so we are, this is going out on Thursday and what they don't know is we pre-recorded it. So it actually, it's not been called yet. Maybe, maybe it'll be called by the time, by the time we set this out, but it's not been called yet. But here's unlikely. Here's my thing about this. Okay, I don't care who you voted for. Trump. Biden, you know, I'm, con- I'm, I'm happy birthday party, 2020 <laughs> Kanye West. Easy 2020. That's right. But okay. I have a job to do. I have to do my job. And if I don't do my job, well, I get in trouble. Okay. That's whatever you, if you don't do your job, well, you get in trouble. If I don't.
0: Okay. So are you about to get into the Senate and the house? Because no, listen, no, no, no. ain't not one of them doing any job. no, no,
1: no, 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 no. No. here, Here is my whole thing. Here's my whole issue with any type of election. Okay. Going into this election, they had, the news media had Biden winning by eight percentage points. That's a very wide margin. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Biden wins, if Trump wins, neither one of them are winning no, by eight close. points. Okay. That's a, huge mistake. And they have gone into this with, I mean, it has not turned out anything like their polls or anything. So, so can we just fire all the media and start over?
0: How about let's fire all the media and all the politicians fire everyone. Start over.
1: I told you Kanye West 2020. Um, you know, I, I mean, seriously, if I did my job as bad as the news media did their job, just say this week, I would have been fine. No,
0: I know. Kai keeps saying that. It's a it's it's a tactic. So Great. some of them believe that if they keep saying that Biden is winning, then Trump voters will be like, oh, well, I guess it doesn't matter. But what that also says is if, if Biden voters believe that Biden is winning, they might not go out and vote because what does it matter? So they're trying to skew the polls. That's exactly what they're their- trying to do. Yeah, with their reporting. So, what happened to and unbiased news? You should have heard him last well, night. Well, that doesn't exist. No, that just doesn't exist. Period. End of story. That does not exist.
1: It's just ridiculous. I mean, again, and I don't care. CNN, yeah. MSNBC, Fox News. The they're all terrible. They're all terrible, and they all are wrong. They should be fired. Yeah,
0: they're all terrible. Okay, but okay. we are getting super off topic here, Way and off topic. Um, that is. Kind of a big deal because our topic today is so exciting and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. It is such a good look into Christian filmmaking. So our last episode was um, Christian movies are lame and we took some pretty heavy pot shots at um, Christian films and Christian filmmakers. So we were able to get Chris and we kind of got spanked. Well, I don't want to say that because I do think that, um, that Chris had some solidarity with us, um, on those issues, but Chris Sterren is a, um, Podcaster and former film Christian filmmaker. And he gives us some much needed insight into filmmaking in general and how um, Christian films are financed and the Christian film market uh, and why Christian films have kind of become what they are and what some of the difficulties are. And he gave us some insight as to how we, the average church goer, can help to finance and promote. Uh, Better Christian films. So you are really, really going to enjoy this interview, and I cannot wait for everybody to hear it. So, without further ado, here is our interview with Chris Sterin. All right. So, hi, Chris. Hi. How's um, it going? It's going well. How
2: are you? Oh, doing well. Doing well.
0: So Chris, you um, have currently a podcast called the Truce Podcast. Is that correct?
2: Yes. Truce. T-R-U-C-E. Yep.
0: Okay, tell me a little bit about that podcast.
2: Sure. Uh, uh, So every other week, I I try to use history and journalistic tools to look inside the Christian church to kind of see how all those things that have glommed onto Christianity got there and how we can do better. So looking at things like pyramid schemes and how they became tied to Christianity uh, to now how the rise of communism impacted the American church, uh, which we see all the time in Christianity. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's that's what season three is now, looking at communism and Christianity and the impact wow, they've a, had. Yeah. That's a deep dive. I went back
1: I went back and listened to some of your first ones. I'm really bad about when I start on a podcast, I want to go all the way back and then start <laughs> from there. Um, sure. And I mean, it was all the way back to the first Trump uh, yeah. presidential election, which is, of
2: course, timely right now. Right. But, um, it was really, really good and very interesting. I really, really liked it thanks, yeah. and it's it's a weird show, and then i'm I'm often trying to bring people to a certain level of knowledge and then leave them without drawing a lot of conclusions, uh, which can be frustrating for some people, but the goal is to try to make us think deeper um, and to kind of question, do we do we really need these extra things in Christianity?
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's really great. And I think obviously, you know, some of your topics are they hit really close to home. You know, yeah. the you mentioning the pyramid schemes and what some would call multi-level marketing. That is right. a real big uh, I don't know, it's a real big uh, sticking point for me. I, I have right. some very strong opinions about that. So,
2: yeah. And they do target Christians uh, because we know a lot of people and, and we sure. have a big like circle of trust. Uh, where it's like, oh, well, you know, so-and-so from church is involved in this thing. It must be okay. Uh, We're over 99% of people who get involved in multi-level marketing will lose money.
0: Yeah. Which is mind boggling and not something that they tell you on the recruiting material.
2: Wait, say that again. uh, Yeah. Over 99% of people who get involved in um, multi-level marketing will lose money uh, according to the federal trade commission. Wow. Um, Yeah. And uh, so it's, it's a lot. And you know, some people do you know, maybe they, they become a salesperson for a certain MLM because they want the discounts to buy those products themselves. Mm-hmm. And and so that can kind of make that number go higher, but still almost everybody will lose money. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that tracks in, in the experience of my friends and family. It's, yeah.
0: Nobody's yeah. really getting rich off of those. No,
2: nope. so. <laughs> Nobody <Nope. laughs> I mean, uh, and you have to kind of compare it to like, if I got a normal job, you know, with health insurance and regular hours and things. How much more productive would that be financially and for my health and stuff than trying to do this on my own? As yeah, a man.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, I I definitely could talk for hours on this topic because <laughs> we'll do it, again. it is something. Yeah. We'll do it again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So so we'll we'll have you back on to talk about that at some point. But for now, our current topic is about Christian movies. And now, Chris, tell us a little bit about why um, why you are an authority on the topic of Christian movies. Right.
2: I'm a semi authority. I like to think Uh, I I used (laughs) to make independent Christian films. So I wrote, directed and produced the films Bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls, which you can get on Amazon Prime. Uh, If you've got a membership, you can watch those as part of your your package. Um, but I, I'm also on Pure Flex as well for bringing out Bobby. Uh, bringing out Bobby is a comedy. Uh, between the walls is a drama. I also used to work on independent Christian films, so I worked on as a crew member on uh, the moment after two, uh, the secrets of the secrets of Jonathan Sperry and unidentified. Uh, those last two I was the assistant director on. Okay, that, yeah. so tell me
0: a little bit, um Mom, I don't want to cut you off here, but I <laughs> You're fine. I'm interested. You're fine, honey. You keep using the term independent Christian films. And the way that I understood it is that most Christian films were independent. So help me kind of understand the distinction there.
2: Yeah. And it's it's a tough one because you have to wonder where did the money come from? And Mm -hmm. so uh, the last two, Unidentified and Secrets of Jonathan Sperry, some of the money actually came from Trinity Broadcasting Network, which would be one of the largest, uh, not just religious television networks, but one of the largest television networks in the world. Um, And so that one is kind of on the line, Uh, whether or not that is an independent, I mean, it definitely, those did not have large budgets, um, but they were financed by a, a large television network in part. Okay, so with
0: Christian movies, are they typically funded by Christian television, or where does that funding come from? Is it crowdsourcing?
2: Yeah. or uh, It depends on, on the film and what you're looking at. Um, so like the Sherwood Pictures guys that do like Fireproof and Facing the Giants and uh, mm-hmm. all those, uh, they started out by fundraising within their megachurch, and people just gave money because they believed in wow. this mission, and uh, that is you know a fantastic model uh, if you go to a mega church. <laughs> which not everybody does. Most Americans go to small churches, myself. Right, right, right. Um, So that that is not a a viable option. But after those films were made, um, that became sort of the model that was uh, sought after. And so when we were making our films, people were like, why don't you just ask folks in your your church for money? It's like, (laughs) I go to a blue-collar small church. I I don't think you understand our cash situation, you know. Um,
0: So help me, um, help me, I guess I... You know, I, of course, watch movies and I am a critic of movies, but I don't know anything about the actual process there. So so what is a a decent or a workable budget for a movie?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're going for. But um, even a film, I mean, I would say if you're if you're below like five to eight million, you're talking low budget. Um, and, uh, And and there's a lot of different things that get involved. Are you going to have actors uh, that are paid? Are you going to have union actors? Are you going to pay crew members or not pay crew members? Um, so there are a lot of big questions that get involved in there. Um, one of the main things that we overlook uh, for like an independent filmmaker is that if you hire like a Screen Actors Guild actor like any of the, any of the big dogs are, are mm-hmm. part of the union, you're going to be paying them money for the rest of the life of that film because they're going to get a percentage of, oh. of the sales.
1: Royalties. And,
2: the royalties, yeah, and um, and so that makes a big difference for a, a little guy like me, my brother and I, when we were making our movies, we don't have a staff of people to take like track the royalties and split it up. So you're sure. looking at, the, the film doesn't just stop when you shoot it or when you distribute it, but it goes on in, in perpetuity. Uh, it just goes on as long, as long as that film is out there. Um, so there are a lot of costs involved, and uh, how you spend your money depends on the film, and how big it is, and how legal you want to be. You know, are are you going to, like say, in like uh, upstate New York or in California, they have child labor laws that are different state to state uh, from other states. Um, So if you wanted to film with kids that were school age, uh, you have to hire somebody who is specifically qualified to teach those kids. They have to get a degree that is both teaching and social work. Um, and it's like a specialized field and you have to hire them Whether school's in session or out of session and they have to have certain rules about when a kid can work and when they can't work um, And so see there it's very complicated So you oh think my gosh. I can keep my film really small and you know do it on a, on a tiny budget But if you're filming in certain states um, There are all these mandatory crew members you have to think about um, and if you use union actors um you're going to also have union rules where you have to get trailers for every location and sometimes depending on the the contract that could mean a full dresser trailer for every actor which is like hauling around an rv park wherever you go and that's expensive yeah um and so so films films are expensive i mean um if you look at something like napoleon dynamite which is like the gold standard everybody holds up it's like that's how much an independent film costs it cost them four hundred thousand dollars to shoot the film what um yeah um and it's i mean it's not like that film there's nothing blowing up in napoleon dynamite no you know? yeah there's no major actors in napoleon dynamite um but that even that is a high budget movie for an independent or for an independent christian film wow um, so uh i was at a, the international christians in visual media had a um a get-together um, at the podcast movement conference last year, and one of the film producers who's produced a bunch of Christian films, his name is Bobby Downs, told me, "Yeah, I, I tell everybody uh, make your movies for twenty thousand um, dollars, because that's that's the only way you can make your money back." Uh, and I was like, "That's huh. that's insane. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars is not even the food budget on a major Hollywood film."
0: Oh my gosh! Um,
2: so it's we're we're playing with a lot of different rules, and and so I. <laughs> Unfortunately, you'll see as we talk, I'm always going to be talking about money. Uh, well, it, that seems to be a pretty big factor. It is a huge factor because it does impact your quality. Uh, even like my brother and I, when we made our films, uh, we couldn't hire more than one crew member. We had one paid crew member per film that we made uh, because wow. we needed like specialized people. Uh, and, uh, and even we weren't paying them very much at all. Um, but uh, so it was my brother and I, and then the one paid crew member, and then everybody else was generally below 20 years old because we were looking for like interns, people who could do this sure. for free. Um, and, and so you're only going to get so much quality with, a, with an intern. Uh, you, you have yeah. to teach them how to do things. So uh, not so, only was I writing, directing, and producing the films, I was also doing the wardrobe, the location scouting. Uh, I was approving makeup. Uh, I was lighting the set. Um, and, and so there were a lot of different Things when you make a truly independent film on a very very low budget, um, so much of that responsibility that you don't even think of, like who's going to pick up lunch, falls on fewer and fewer people.
0: So, how many hours a day would you say that you and your brother
2: were clocking while you were making the movie? Yeah, the actual production of a movie, a standard day on a film set is twelve hours, Um, and that's on TV shows as well. That's that's a short day. uh, What? uh, I'm not kidding. That is the standard, like short day. On that oh
0: film my gosh! Shoot.
2: So on our movies, we Nick and I shoot shoot pretty fast because we have all the everything planned out. We have a very clear idea of what we're looking for, um, and we would we average about ten hours a day, which is still a very long day. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we were, you know, we were working that just during production, um, during pre-production and post. Um, we were also working other jobs. So um, I, I edited video for um a, a major league baseball team uh for their scoreboard department and um and then I, I so i would work all day on the film and then i would go edit video so i was kind of working all the time um, oh my
0: gosh. just like i
2: am now on the truce podcast i drive a <laughs> school bus and uh and when i'm not driving the school bus i'm working on the show
0: man that is so much more work than i would have anticipated i mean i <laughs> guess if you think through
2: it is a lot it's intense yeah and a lot, of, a lot of these little Christian films are made that way um, because they do, there's just not money to hire people. Um, and it's weird because they they're talk about this difference between having money on the, uh, like that the audience can see and money that the audience can't see. Um, and you kind of want to put your money where the audience can see it, which would be like yeah. a big name actor or an explosion or something like that. Um, but really all that behind the scenes stuff, if you could put money on it and just make the film production easier... Is money well spent, but it's not money everybody has.
1: Okay, so my apologies to every independent slash Christian filmmaker (laughs) I've ever criticized, but uh, I mean kudos to you though, because I I do have to kind of feel—I feel feel like I have because I've on a previous podcast I have kind of dissed on on (laughs) a certain. Facing the Giants Facing the Giants movie It's okay Um, Your actors though Your actors were really quality on Bringing Up Bobby They were good They were funny They were You you know um, Versus A a movie That rhymes with Facing the Giants The acting was terrible
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah And that's You know that's It's hard to do Bringing Up Bobby Again not a single one of those actors was paid Wow In Bringing Up Bobby yeah, we were really blessed. Uh, and what we did, my brother and I, uh, again, we're twins, so I'll refer to myself in the plural sometime. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we went to New York City. We rented out a dancer's studio, like a, a tiny little room that could barely fit three people in it. It um, was like a rehearsal studio. And uh, we put ads in um, the trade magazines, you know, asking for people who wanted to work in Christian films. And so that's where we got the guys that played Dennis and James. Um, and then we knew a few other actors. We did casting in Ohio where we shot the film. And we also put out, this is like, this is just as YouTube was starting. Uh, we put out a call and said like, hey, submit your auditions via um, YouTube and, you know, upload your audition. And then we went and visited people who submitted the, their auditions, people that we mm-hmm. liked. Um, uh, and so it was a way we could kind of work around those those uh, problems but we had to like root out a lot of people we had to say no to a lot of people um, which is good that's what you want yeah. when casting um, but it takes a lot of time <laughs> and our car broke down on the way oh uh, to New York. of course uh, it was a whole mess. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was a whole mess uh, it was a rust bucket car and the transmission went on the way so we had to rent a car in middle of nowhere Pennsylvania um, uh, but that's that's the life of an independent and the starving filmmaker. artist You're, story you just kind of do whatever it takes yeah, and we're still starving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we got really blessed with, with bringing up Bobby. Um, and uh, I think that the Sherwood Pictures guys, they, their films have gotten better over the years, for sure, as far as actors. Yeah. <clears throat> but there's also the, the lines that we, we had in bringing up Bobby. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's easier, in my opinion, to do a film like bringing up Bobby well than a film like fireproof or facing the giants. Well, Um, as far as an actor
0: is that, I mean, uh, would you say that that's primarily because it's not trying to take itself so seriously?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that, that helps. Um, uh, I mean, you can look at the difference between like, uh, if you look at an actor like Will Smith, who I think is an incredible Mm -hmm. actor, Mm -hmm. uh, he can deliver any line. Well, Uh, so if you watch suicide squad, which is just a terrible movie, (laughs) The only one who, like, Will Smith is carrying that film on his oh, Absolutely. And if if you, like, were to write out his lines and read them, you like, that is insane. That's, like, that's just bad writing. <laughs> but Will Smith carries it. He makes everything look good. And that's the power of having a really good actor, is they can, they can carry anything. Um, whereas in, like, a Christian film, uh, uh, if you just, if you pulled anybody out and had them read the Will Smith lines from Suicide Squad, um, there's no way they could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the average human could not do that. And make it sound good. <laughs> it's just that Will Smith is a superhero. He can do anything. Um. And and so it, the the material is harder in something like um like a Facing the Giants or even a Hallmark film to make it sound believable. Yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. The the dialogue that they're saying is is much harder. Where I think that like a comedy like bringing out Bobby is probably easier because we we were cutting faster. Uh, It wasn't, we weren't taking ourselves as seriously. We could be goofy. Mm -hmm. Um, I I actually, like, I think that making a comedy is much more fun in general. And you get a lot, you have a lot more wiggle room than you do in a drama. Well,
1: the line in serious and cheesy is so fine. And and you can can go over to cheesy really easy. And I, you know, I I only watch comedy, so you got my vote. (laughs) Oh, you do.
2: Oh, awesome. Yeah, there's some great dramas out there. but it's it's also um, I think one of the harder things to grasp with Christian filmmaking is is the audience, mm-hmm. mm. uh, because uh, you're, you're going to try to make a film for that audience. Um, and, and there are a lot of factors that get involved with that. Uh, one of the biggest ways people see Christian films, even now, is uh, church screenings where they'll hold people, I guess maybe not now during COVID, but normally um, there uh, you, you would have big church screens where, you know, you get a hundred, 200, 300 people together and watch the movie and the filmmaker then gets money, like a big lump sum from the church to go help pay off that mm-hmm. film. Um, the, the, like a church has to rent that movie for a, like a screening license. And, and they did uh, that with home. run That is a big part of the, they did. with Yeah. And they do yeah. that with a lot of Christmas. Okay. Films. Yeah. And it, major way that Christian filmmakers can make their money back. Cause it meant it sounds shallow, but you have to make money. No, no of, course, <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, especially, especially like in our case the, that we made bring out Bobby for $20,000 of our own money. Um, and, uh, and, and you, you want to get that back. Uh, plus you're, you know, mm. it took us, I think between the time we wrote the script and it was on DVD, it was like three years and we weren't getting paid. So yeah. you have to make back all that money. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, you have, uh, you have to aim for that audience, the people who are going to watch it in a church or the people who are going to buy it on a DVD. And that, that DVD thing is significant because, uh, on Amazon, if you, if you were to watch bringing up Bobby on Amazon, which I invite you to do, if you watched it from beginning to end, I would make nine cents. What? Um, that is the actual figure. Oh my um, so gosh. You, yeah. Yeah. In, uh, the Except for the big dogs. The big dogs can make more money on Amazon or streaming services. But essentially, uh, you get paid six cents per hour watched. Whereas, if you're old enough to remember, like Hollywood Video uh, (laughs) back in the day, you go, you pick up a DVD, you you know, check out. And whether you watch that DVD or not, we got somewhere in the realm of like, it was like 90 cents to a dollar every time somebody just took that DVD Uh, out of the store. Okay. Um, And in the, you know, what has it been, 10, 15 years since Hollywood Video closed? The, the rate at which a filmmaker gets paid has gone way down. Um, so my goal as a filmmaker, if I'm trying to make my investment back, is to actually sell DVDs. Uh, and almost nobody buys DVDs anymore. Yeah, uh, but The people who do buy them are usually buying them so they can share the, the movie with somebody yeah no Um, i know
0: that there are some squicky regulations about um like publicly viewing movies and so so is that different for christian films just because of the distribution method
2: yeah yeah and generally on on a lot of christian films um you can uh, go to the filmmaker's website or the movie website and there will be information about how to to use that in a public setting um and I, i would encourage you like if you're showing a film to your youth group or something Pay the actual fee because yeah. <laughs> it helps a ton to make more movies uh, and to pay people who worked really hard and gave years of their life for that film. Um, <laughs> and it's usually not that expensive uh, compared to, say, like having a pizza party or something. Sure, um, it's usually not so bad. Um, but um, so if I were making a movie and I, I sold the DVD of the movie, we we were getting like three to five dollars per DVD that people bought. Um, and so at nine cents per, per download, I would have to get, um, what 11 downloads to equal a dollar, 99 mm-hmm. cents. Oh my goodness. Um, and so you, if I'm making three to $5 uh, on a DVD sale, that is the equivalent of, you know, 33 to 55. Am I doing that math right? 33 oh, to 55 I mean. streams on the internet. Um, so it makes way more sense to aim for people who are going to share your DVD, um, generally as an evangelistic tool than it does for a streaming service if you're going to try to make your money back um yeah so that's that's another little financial thing you have to hold in your head at the same time
0: (laughs) so okay knowing all of that and kind of understanding the process a little bit better if you kind of got a script or a bug in your head would you make a movie today would that be a financially viable prospect for you
2: it's it really hard for me. I'm I'm a blue collar working poor person now. Um, so it's it's much harder for me to finance a movie and not go broke unless I move back in with my parents. I'm almost <laughs> 40, so I and yeah, nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> no, wants no, it's harder. It's harder to move in. Um, so I I lived with my parents for five years while we were making the movies, um, and that's that's not easy to do. That's that's a strain on everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I I would if. If uh, somebody came with actual money and we could hire an actual crew to make a movie, I totally would, um, but it's it, it's difficult uh, because almost every film that gets made loses money. Uh, the ones that don't lose money are, are few and far between. It's like trying to go to the, the racetrack and, and assuming you're gonna make your money back. It's like, no, just a few people out of oh, all this right. whole crowd is gonna make money. Um, so I think that there, I found numbers that there's something like 780 films made in the United States and Canada, um, every year. Um, so that 780
0: and, total or 780 Christian films. Total. Oh,
2: that's um, it? And so you're, yeah, well, that's the, just the number I found in 2019. It was 786. I guess that
0: makes sense. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And you think about how few you actually heard about in yeah, that year.
0: You know what? You're um, right. It
2: was, it was probably only what? 20 to 30.
0: Yeah, probably. Um,
2: yeah not that many <laughs> um, and uh, and so you're you're fighting kind of an uphill battle, especially with the I could go on and on uh but the the streaming services are making it much harder for yeah. people to compete uh, because uh, you're fighting the streaming services that are not only the distribution method they're also the production method, yeah, and so they have a, a vested interest in promoting their films over yours
0: so okay, all of that being said and and giving us some that much-needed context after, (laughs) I I don't know if you actually um, listened to our last episode where we just ripped into Christian movies.
2: (laughs) It was horrible.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I don't retract (laughs) much of what I said because I I stand by it. I think that the quality, the production value is fairly low in a lot of those films, but knowing how difficult that is, what can the average person, the average churchgoer, the average Christian do to help kind of promote the christian film industry like what what can we do just as a, as an average person
2: yeah uh buy the dvds instead of streaming them mm-hmm. um you can uh you can pay those fees and hold public screenings uh you can also i think write to people whose work you actually like uh and try to encourage them to to, to make more um if you go to a mega church and you're not making yeah, film right now you could help sponsor somebody else's movie um, that, that would be really incredible. Or dare I say, um, uh, uh you could help sponsor Christian podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we're on board for that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I, 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 it really, it does come down to a money game, uh, before you can even start talking about quality because uh, it's apples and oranges. Um, uh, if you can't hire professional crew or cast, um, you're, you're, you're playing a completely different game sure. uh, than everybody else. Um, but yeah, it's support, support people you really like. Um, like uh, our, our films bring up Bobby in between the walls. The, the big comment you get on ours, if you read the comments is this is a low budget movie. It's like, yeah, it was yeah. a low budget movie, <laughs> but for $20,000, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah. You know, um, I'd like to see Steven Spielberg make a decent movie for $20,000. Hey, that's a good I point. I bet you he can't. Yeah.
0: I will say one thing though. The one thing I am the most impressed with on bringing up Bobby is that faux hog on your actor. <laughs> that is the most impressive faux hawk I have seen since awesome. 2007. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it was incredible. Yeah. Oh man. We, my brother and I, we were at the time we were making that movie. We were volunteering with teenagers uh, through uh, campus life, which is like, a, you know, you get together play games with the kids, and then we have a, a gospel message or some kind of life messages for them. And we had a whole bunch of goth kids in this group, and my brother and I were just like, we just fell in love with these kids, because they they were often the smartest, kindest kids in our sure. group. Um, and and uh, we realized, that, like, in the Christian world, people are just kind of afraid of people who dress differently. Yeah. And so wouldn't it be amazing to make a lead character in a movie a goth teenager who is both intelligent and lovable? Yeah, I think um, it was great. Yeah, it is a big challenge. Uh, we, <laughs> I was at a, uh, at a uh, uh, film festival and uh, I, sh- I had a, a copy of my my, um, uh, bleh, my card and I was giving it to this lady and uh, it had a picture of Bobby from Bring It Bobby with the faux And uh, she audibly gasped oh, when I no. gave her the card because there was a goth kid on my business card. Um, and it was just like that, that's kind of what we were dealing with with the Christian world, Oh um, was that total, (gasps) I can't deal with like, oh, there's somebody with a faux hawk on a park, (laughs) you know, but, uh, but and you know, it is generally a very conservative market, like people who are going to actually buy DVDs are very conservative generally. Um, and so we, we took a big risk, uh, with having a goth kid as, as the lead actor and there, you know. We, we're fine with that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I,
0: I think that was a great creative decision. And that kind of leads me to my last question here. Um, it's I know that the types of entertainment that I like to consume, the podcasts I listen to, the movies I watch and whatever, are maybe not the most conservative choices. Yeah. Um so how do you, as a filmmaker and as a, you know, a, a comedy filmmaker, a comedian, a writer, whatever, how did you find the reaction was, I mean, you've kind of already answered this, but to your, your general kind of irreverence to the topic.
2: <laughs> it, yeah, we, we got a whole lot of mixed reviews. And actually, if you want to read on Amazon, it's kind of an educational read. Our, our reviews are pretty bad. Oh, no. um, just people, because um Having comedy so close to Jesus is a, a sticky situation, and for some people, that's very offensive.
0: Yeah,
2: um, that you would you would get close to those two things, and we never made fun of Jesus in the movie. Um, sure, uh, the comedy was always about the circumstances um, rather than at about about the faith. Um, but uh, there were there were still people who were offended. Um, we did get our, our target our target audience was those teenagers we were working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really liked the movie, which was a huge blessing. Like, course, teenagers yeah. liked it. Uh, we we sent it to, um, when we were looking for distribution, we sent it to a distributor, and uh, he, you know, his review on it was that he didn't like it because of the quality and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he said that his kid asked them if they could watch it again.
0: Aww. And I
2: was like, now that is a compliment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a pretty good endorsement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, so, yeah, we, we found it was kind of, Sticky, even to the point. There's a moment in the movie where um, the lawyer character gives somebody a raspberry. She like, you know, <laughs> does one of those. Yeah. And uh, there was a big discussion of can we leave that in the film because people will think that's too rude. Oh my um, gosh. You know, and and we never heard anything about that one, but that was a, a major concern. Uh, yeah. When you're making those films, you have to ask like. Because uh, again, sending it to some very conservative audiences, Christian, Christianity is a very big term, mm-hmm. um, very wide umbrella. Uh, can our female characters wear uh, pants? Is a big question wow. you have to Because have. you're dealing with—I mean, the, the market is so big. You are dealing with people who, you know, women have to keep their head yeah. covered and they have to wear dresses all the way to, to again goth kits. You know, like you're, yeah, it's wow. a huge thing. You're, you're trying to reach this this big. Uh, diverse group of people um, inside of the niche market, and so it's kind of it's a tall order. Um, so I, I'm really glad we made the choices we did, um, but the filmmakers who do better than us play it safer.
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate because I think those safe movies are boring, in my opinion.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they're then I would say they're probably not meant for you. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, or me, you know. Uh, but that's that's kind of the the balance you. You go into when I worked on uh, Rich Christiano's films, Unidentified and um, um, the Secrets of Jonathan Sperry, He he's if you if you haven't watched any of his films or anything, it's worth at least studying him if you want to study Christian films because the man knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's both the, uh, the he's the writer, the director, the producer, and the distributor. He owns his own distribution network of of uh, uh, getting store, DVDs in stores and on book short, bookshelves and in um, on online streaming services, he's a wealth of knowledge, and he knows what the market wants, and he's made a living out of it. It's not a great living, but he's made a living sure. out of it. Um, and that he goes through his films and his scripts and every shot with a fine tooth comb, trying to find out if anything is potentially um, offensive to the point, or if you watch his film Unidentified, there's a point where a bunch of coworkers are gonna go out and get something to drink, like, a uh, not, not like, beer or anything but like you know you would think coffee Mm -hmm. they're gonna get get a go on a coffee run but because some christians find uh drinking caffeine to be sinful um he had them go out to get juice for everybody
0: can Um, you imagine a secular market dictating that (laughs) that intensely
2: yeah but i mean they do right i mean so if you go watch like a kung fu movie Uh, you're going to expect to see kicks and punches and that kind of stuff. If you had a movie that marketed itself without those things that you look for in a Kung Fu movie, you would be disappointed and your market wouldn't like it. It's the same in the Christian world where uh, we're all, again, this huge umbrella of what Christianity is. Um, We're all looking for it to fit my specific denomination and our priorities as a church. um, When those may not be the same priorities as the church across the street.
0: Yeah, that's a
2: good points. Yeah, so it's a tough market. It's hard to please everybody, uh, and the people who buy stuff, like I said, you want to aim at the people who buy stuff are generally more conservative than the people who stream stuff. Or in our case, when we were making our movies, our films were pirated thousands of times. Wow! <laughs> um, but we because you could see stars. like a, on the BitTorrent websites, you know, who was like how many times your stuff got downloaded. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a great ministry. Praise God. You never know what he's going to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, we didn't get any money from that.
0: Sure. Um,
2: and so that, that does put an extra strain on being creative with your phones. Sure.
0: Well, Chris, I really, really appreciate you coming and talking to us and giving us this additional context so that maybe (laughs) next time we rip into a Christian film, we'll be just a little more understanding.
2: Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, it's totally fine. I mean, the, the, the tough thing with movies and like, like music is they're subjective about what you like and don't like same with podcasting. You know, I really love my show, but not everybody is going to like truths. And that's just kind of how it is with entertainment. Uh, You, you know, you're not going to like everything. So everybody's gonna be a critic and that's part of what you have to accept if you're gonna be a creator.
0: All right, so you're telling me that I should not cry when someone says something mean to me about my
2: podcast. (laughs) Uh, You do your best. I I also, I wound very easily myself, uh, but I've learned to laugh about the movies. It's harder for me with the show because the podcast, because that's what I'm doing right now. Sure. Well, I was going to say,
1: you know, maybe not everybody agrees or maybe not everybody likes what I like, you know, that kind of thing. But the the problem with that is I'm right and they're not. (laughs) Of course. Right. Yeah. See, I agree with you. I I like your podcast, Chris. So see, I'm Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. I'm glad I'm, 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 I'm trying to make it so people do like it, uh, but you just never know. You can't, you can't please everybody. Especially again, in a market where people have so many different ideas about what exactly Christianity is supposed to look like. Yeah. Uh, It's really hard.
0: True, true. I mean, the
2: fact that you're even watching a movie would be offensive to some Christians.
0: Oh man, that's a good point. Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a huge, huge umbrella. Jeez. Yeah.
0: Well, I think uh, we have talked your ear off enough here, and I, I really, again, appreciate you coming on and giving us that additional context. Chris, um, of course. for our vast umbrella of listenership, it's a, <laughs> that's a joke in case you missed that, um, tell everybody where they can find you and your podcast and your products.
2: Right, yeah. You can find the Truce podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and again, that's T-R-U-C-E. Uh, so, Subscribe it, download every episode. That would be awesome. Uh, I also have a novel. It's called Cradle Robber. It's a time travel thriller um, that is... Amazing. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is also something you will you will never find another Christian book like that one. Um, it's it really deals with anger and our impulse to try to change everything and make it look like we want it to look like.
0: Oh right. my gosh. Um, okay, what was the name of that? Because I'm about to buy it right now.
2: Oh, please do. Yeah, it's Cradle Robber. Uh, it's only on ebook right now because again, uh, it's... I, I'm putting something into the market that I want to see but that there's no market for. So until I, I build enough uh, momentum uh, for the ebook, I, I'm not gonna print it because it's too much money. Yeah, I get you. Um, yeah and then so you can find bringing up Bobby on Amazon Prime and uh, Flix. and also it does still run on Trinity Broadcasting Network, um, although they did not pay for it. I mean they didn't pay for they didn't pay to make the movie. They pay us a little tiny bit to, for the rights to show it. But you'd rather have people do um, DVD. And then, uh, bringing up... Yeah, if you can find it. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> find it on Amazon or something? We'll see, Maybe yeah, it'll be on it, eBay.
2: Yeah, but well, yeah, eBay, it's probably used and we won't get any money oh, from true, it, but enjoy. <laughs> um, yeah, it, who has a DVD player anymore? Uh, it, I mean, a that PlayStation, was actually...
0: That's what
2: we have. Yeah, yeah, PlayStation. We we ran into issues. I know what you're, you want to stop talking about this, no, but no, no, you're uh, when, we, when we were selling our films on DVD, uh, so like uh, our bring up bobby came out in like 2009 2010 somewhere there um we we were outsold every month by vhs tapes um in two like 2009 uh who had a vhs tape player Um, apparently churches yeah churches yeah um you know people who don't upgrade their technology really really conservative folks um so yeah who knows if you got a dvd player still find a dvd of bring up bobby somewhere
0: wow okay (laughs) well we will be on the hunt and yeah, thank you so much. I really am very impressed by the um, oh, by the breadth of your work and all the things yeah. you're trying to do. So everybody go give Chris's podcast a listen and check out that book. And let's let's all band together and see if we can find copies of your DVD.
2: <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, take a picture and, and send me a picture on Instagram or something. I'd love to see it. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, thank you again, Chris. Thanks so much. It's sure. so good talking to you. God bless you
1: both. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: So there you have it. There is our interview with, um, former Christian filmmaker and podcaster, Chris Sterin. And I'm so glad that you guys got to hear that. It was such an interesting conversation. I really appreciate him giving us his time. Um, don't forget to check out his check out his podcast. Uh, it's truce podcast. You can find it by going to trucepodcast.com or anywhere that you can look for podcasts. And as far as this podcast, mom, where can they find us?
1: They can find us on iTunes, they can find us on Twitter, on Yes Mom Pod. Or they can find us on Instagram on Yes, Mom, I'm Listening. They can find us on Facebook on Yes, Mom, I'm Listening. Or you can just find us creeping around the corner.
0: That's true. You're right. You'll find us creeping more often than not. So, yeah, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you can find podcasts within reason. Basically, that just means iTunes and Spotify. Um, and we are going to shoot for uploading every other Thursday. I realize we haven't said that in the actual podcast, but every other Thursday. So today and then not next Thursday, but the Thursday after that, which guess what? That's going to be very close to Thanksgiving. So, um, we're getting there. 2020 is almost over y'all. We almost made it through this entire year. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) All right. Well. is there anything else you wanted to add, Mom?
1: No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Till next time, America. Until next time. We'll see you guys on
0: Thursday after next. Thanks okay. for keeping in with us to Yes, Mom, I'm Listening. Bye. Bye.